Who's a good Cthulhu? Yes, you are a good Cthulhu. Hey, everyone. It's just me, my little crypting, kitten, <laughs> Cthulhu. Uh, these things are super adorable. I love these. Uh, so, yes, those of you who aren't aware, this is Cryptic Crunch. I am Willow Schuyler, your host, and I'm dedicating the show to the one god that I trust the most, Cthulhu. All right, so these, I love this thing. Like, I, I want a big poster of this. Uh, so uh, Kripkin's Unleashed. Yes, I bought it for 20 bucks. Um, guys, if there's any way that I can get Kripkin's uh, to, you know, sponsor the show, please. Like, I love, I love all these figurines. I want them all. Uh, if there's like, Pokemon of uh, Cryptid. This is it. Like, look at these. Look how adorable they are. All right. So, <clears throat> enough uh, enough chatting about uh, Cthulhu for now. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Keisha's going to be chiming in in the comments. So, uh, I apologize. Her computer's uh, down for the count. This is what happens when you dedicate something like a convention or a show to Cthulhu, things tend to go a little wonky. I'll get to that in a moment. I have to bring up Johnny. Hey there, <laughs> friends and foes. How are you tonight, Willow? Oh, fantastic. Uh, it was like a photo finish race to get home from work and to come here. So... <laughs> I am really hoping that um, Eli Cash comments in the comments tonight because he will, um, he, he's a Cthulhu expert oh. and yeah. Um, and, and he will be a great commenter in the comments. Okay. Excellent. And, yes. And um, so we got the serial connection is watching and he's asking what's up. Because for those of you who don't know, Cryptid Crunches are spinoff show of Back of the Cereal Box. And on Back of the Cereal Box, we eat cereal live on air and we talk about the Saturday experience, cartoons, kaiju, and kung fu movies. And I'm wondering, Willow, I've got this box of nine-year-old Funko-O's, Funko's, the Cuphead and Mugman cereal. And I'm debating whether I should do a live taste test of the Cuphead and Mugman cereal. I can already feel in the box, it's kind of kind of almost solid. <laughs> so um, I I'm thinking that it's well past its expiration date. But <laughs> I I'm also feeling like it needs to be opened and tried. Now... Uh... He, the, the serial connection says do it <laughs> of course they do now do you remember willow were you on the show when i did the the uh, cuphead don't deal with the devil cereal i don't think so but that kind of reminds me of the uh oreo ones that i tried that was no like no no no. <laughs> no 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 these are made with charcoal and it, oh. and it tastes like it. It turned my tongue black <laughs> and it made me like instantly nauseous. Instantly. Oh. They, that's why I've been hesitant about the, uh, the uh, Funko and Mugman. But there is a toy inside, a mini pop. And, I, you know, 
I feel like we this is something that we could get your kids to try, you know. <laughs> no, no. They will they do not play along with my shenanigans and foolishness. So oh, no. hey, I hey, I was right. So Eli Cash <laughs> is watching and he is commenting. <laughs> Excellent. And, and what does he say? Really? I'm just a weirdo that knows weird things. Well, this is true, Eli, but he is one of the, in my mind, he is one of the leading experts on Cthulhu and the Elder Gods created by H.P. Lovecraft. And so he's going to have a lot to say. Um, and oh, and he asked uh, right after that, was that the cereal you brought, you bought from the one convention me and you went to? Yes. So I bought those at the, um, the, uh, columbia comic and toy show in columbia tennessee and they actually had a box of cthulhu o's they oh. did a cthulhu cereal from funko but it was like these were five dollars a piece the cthulhu the cthulhu o's were like 20 bucks and i just couldn't justify spending 20 bucks for you know eight or nine year old cereal <laughs> call me crazy <laughs> you know i i have a feeling that somewhere somewhere in the u.s there's like a an abandoned storage unit of just cereal waiting to be opened <laughs> listen i would do it i you know i've i've on the show we've we've tried some weird stuff i did the packy one chip challenge and it was painful. It, it was maybe the worst <laughs> thing that I've ever endured. Uh, the Cuphead Funkos, they they made me instantly ill. The Magic Fruity Pebbles that turns the milk purple, that, that wrecked me. That was <laughs> not good. Yeah, I do not recommend that for anybody. Well, it's funny because uh, I... You remember that commercial where it's like, hey, give it to Mikey. He'll eat anything. I, th that was me in my foster home. I was yeah. like the human garburator. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm willing to try anything, really. Like, I've tried a couple of his new cereals that, that I've seen. Um, the Tim Hortons cereal, I'm not a... It, it doesn't have enough flavor, much like their coffee. <laughs> well, but everybody else that I talk to raves about that. So I, I want to get it and, and try it. Uh, here in the States, the Dunkin' apparently is the exact same cereal as the Tim Hortons. So oh. Carl Witzman says something pretty funny about uh, cereal in that storage unit. <laughs> the cereal that the mice haven't eaten yet. And Bless if you. not, then what is so bad that mice won't eat it? Funko cereal, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> and the cereal connection does say that the Dunkin' cereal is great. Okay. And and that 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 noise you heard behind me are the dogs having a little tiff. Oh. Yeah. For everyone <laughs> who's watching and wondering, we got a new dog last week. And she is about four times bigger than the dog that we've had for the last four years. He's a Chihuahua. She is a, a hound, um, maybe pit bull mix. Oh, okay. She's mid-size, but she is built like a brick tank and <laughs> heavy. And so they've been fighting over toys. Oh. And he's been a little bit jealous and she's starting to snip back at him and so if if i vanish mysteriously is because we've got an emergency situation yeah well i know what it's like to introduce uh, pets to each other so it's it, i i understand it, it can get pretty wild <laughs> so i'm sure people who have never seen the show before willow are wondering what in the world are we doing tonight what what is cryptid crunch? Uh cryptid crunch. I, I like it. the way I introduce it to uh, people is it's more of a tongue in cheek look into the world of cryptids, monsters, myths, and oh 
Yep, she just got <laughs> sent in here to daddy. Okay, so, I have to big screen this. Oh. I can you yeah, you can just barely see. Come oh. here, Reagan. Reagan. Uh, she's she's oh. not happy to be in here. And um apparently the rest of the family doesn't care that I'm doing a broadcast because <laughs> they just sent her in here. Hey, so, animals are always well animals and kids are always welcome to uh photobomb the, the, the show. <laughs> Hey, Reagan. Reagan, come here. Come here, baby. Come here. Come here. Oh, oh she's she... adorable. Look, look at every Look there. Look Hi, there. Sweetie. It's you. It's nope. you. She's got a big smile on her face. So whatever she did, she's proud of herself. <laughs> hey, she's sticking there. up for herself. Look That's there. why. <laughs> she's only a year old, but um, she's, she's going to be big. Well, no, she's full grown. Uh, is she? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but you see that big smile on her face? Mm -hmm. She's She's got smile lines. I've never seen that on a dog before. So <laughs> um, she's, she's stout and she's sweet as can be. She doesn't know how big she is. <laughs> so she's just going to hang out in here with us tonight. Because um, apparently... She and Jax can't get along. It'll take some time. It, it may take uh, more than a month uh, for them to get along. But well, it, so they they were getting along just fine until this morning when we got her a new rawhide chew bone, and it's twice it's as big as the other dog. <laughs> so he can't even like pick it up, but she got protective of it. And if he even came near her while she had it, she was like. Rah, rah, rah. It, it could also be uh, how she was brought up, like uh, wherever she was, probably she didn't get enough toys or. Um, She's been in and out of the shelter yeah. three times. We're, we're the third uh, owners. So be patient with her, please. <laughs> she's a sweetheart. She she loves us. She's just having a yeah. rough time adjusting to the uh, the king of the castle. And, and I understand. <laughs> I, I mean, you you're a dog owner, so I'm sure you know what what you're doing. So yeah, I've had dogs all my life. So. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm a cat person, so we kind of balance each other out. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, and I've I've had cats too. I there I love I love cats. Um, and Eli Cash just posted she's digging the place. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> she is. She's she's been very happy, very content. She uh, she's scared to death of storms though. Oh yeah. I've never I'm... seen uh, like our little dog doesn't care. He's like, ah, huh? She like literally jumped up into the wardrobe. We have a set, you know, freestanding wardrobe where we keep the uh, blankets and pillows for the bed. Yeah. She jumped up into it and would not come out during the storm. It was hysterical. That's a that's a sounds like a very comfortable place for her. Maybe see if you can get her like a thunder jacket or like yeah, like it's kind of like a weighted blanket for for dogs. Oh well, we're getting a crate tomorrow. Okay. Um, because she was in a crate at the shelter and. So, you know, because when we're gone, we've discovered she pretty much tears the house apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so if anybody cryptid, has any questions about pets, I'm sure me and Johnny can answer them. <laughs> she's not a cryptid. She's real. Um, but uh, we're talking Cthulhu. Or, or as it, I've been told by George Norrie who hosts Coast to Coast AM, that is actually pronounced Cthulhu. Oh, you actually uh, pronounce it with the H. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was a silent H. I did too, for years. But according to the people who actually knew H.P. Lovecraft, he always pronounced it Cthulhu. Interesting. Huh. And here we've been saying it wrong all these years. <laughs> Everybody has. Everybody you, has. You think that would have been kind of like um, put into the book. 
So I don't have, I, I actually have um, the collected edition of H.P. Lovecraft's stories, all of the Cthulhu stories, um, and I don't have it here in the office. I'm not sure where it went to, um, but um, when when was, when did he publish? Uh, I think the first book was um, Call of Cthulhu. Am I right? Someone... Someone uh, tell us in the uh, in the chat. Um, and Dan Holyfield says, "I will continue to say and spell it incorrectly." February nineteen twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Okay, so nineteen twenty-eight. He publishes Call of Cthulhu, and how many books were there? I want to say there were maybe six or eight. I would look it up, but I'm on my phone, so I'm I'm a little bit handicapped tonight. I'm looking. He he was one of the, you know, early science early 20th century science fiction authors, along with Edgar Rice Burroughs. They basically H.P. Lovecraft took what Mary Shelley created with Frankenstein. And what Edgar Allan Poe did with the American short story and elevated it to a new art of modern horror. And I would consider H.B. Lovecraft the father of, a mo of modern horror, like Edgar Rice Burroughs is the father of modern science fiction. It looks like there are six. That's what I thought, six. So... Since 1928, not only has Cthulhu become a cultural pop culture icon, but now there are people who believe that Cthulhu and the other elder gods are really a part of ancient mythology and that have been around for centuries and there are actual now, real deal cults that worship Cthulhu as an actual entity. Um, that's pretty remarkable in what and, 90 years, and it's huge in the steampunk world, too. Like, um, my steampunk group, uh, uh that is hosted, um, we usually do a, a steampunk tea in the summertime. Uh, we have a uh, an idol that we donate money to <laughs> or, which um, is Cthulhu statue which is funny to me because you know I hosted the diesel punk podcast for 10 years and diesel punk is my genre um, yeah. 1920s through 1957 and um, the the Cthulhu mythos was created in 1928 it proliferated is that a word proliferated through the 30s and 40s and it really is not from the steampunk era it's not part of the victorian era literature um so i always found it interesting that um you know steampunks adopted the lovecraftian lore the way they did when it was actually later uh <laughs> in the 20th century uh diesel era or deco era as i call it well, maybe it's just our group in particular that. Uh, no, no, it's 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 a thing. It's a thing in okay. punk circles. Yes, absolutely, yeah. it is. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's hilarious because our, our our steampunk group is actually uh, like we. It's it's a tongue in cheek thing as well. Um, just want to make sure that society. The Society for the Ethical Treatment of Kraken is what uh, it's called. That's and funny. I, uh, when we, uh, when my friend created it, uh, we did a photo shoot at uh, the Delinvert Museum here in Winnipeg, and it's a Victorian uh, old English house um, that was owned by the son of our prime uh, first prime minister. Lots of history there. 
Um, but anyway, so we did, uh, and we actually had signs, uh, uh, kind of like protest signs that says, uh, free the Kraken and, <laughs> Well, and so that's interesting in and of, of itself, right? So the Kraken does date back to, you know, classical mythology, Greek and Roman mythology. I'm sure it appears in uh, Chinese and Japanese mythology. Um, and I would dare say that H.P. Lovecraft was probably inspired by that mythos because the image mm -hmm. that we have of Cthulhu is of the tentacled uh you know creature yeah. and i loaded an image actually um of the uh comic series that i'm i'm publishing league of impossibilists and that character in the background is not cthulhu but he is a follower of cthulhu the supreme okay. cultist and the cthulhu mythos is a central part of the League of Impossibilists and the um, series that Eli Cash is creating as part of Serial Box Comics, uh, Wenches and Wormholes. So um, we have built an entire universe in the Decoverse around uh, Cthulhu. He is the main antagonist in my book, One Night at the Roxy. Oh, okay. The whole plot revolves around him uh, returning. And um, so anyway, um, you know, I've always been fascinated by the character. And luckily for creatives, he's in the public domain because H.P. Lovecraft never thought to copyright his work. And I'm yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of those writers never thought of it either. Um uh, which is actually kind of sad. Well, I mean, it's good for us where we can create uh, like all these worlds around the idea of Cthulhu and um, just you know, kind of carry on his his tradition for for storytelling. Um, it it's become a it's become a video game. Like the the fact that the these his his creations are actually spanning to different generations now, well, is you, fa fantastic. You mentioned video games, and behind me, I've got three Cthulhu themed games. This one is called "The Doom That Came to Atlantic City." Now, this was um, published by Cryptozoic, and it was actually published. Um, it's a long, sorted history. It was a big Kickstarter campaign, and the original guys who launched the Kickstarter raised all the money for it, took the money and rent. They they ran, and oh, wow. Cryptozoic came in and they bought basically everything from the Kickstarter campaign and honored it and created the game. And basically, it's Monopoly after the fact. So. Imagine you've just played a game of Monopoly and the elder gods, Cthulhu and his brothers and sisters come on shore and destroy Atlantic City. And it's got these beautiful pewter uh, minifigs in it. Here, I'm going to pull one out because this is, <laughs> this is, these are just gorgeous. And, you know, I can't get anyone to play this with me. That's the uh, sad part. And uh, it's got this beautiful artwork by um, Kyle Baker, who was a great comic book creator. This is the Cthulhu oh, wow. minifig. Actually, oh, that's this, cool. Yeah, these are not pewter. Actually, now, I take that back. These are uh, these are plastic. But the original Kickstarter campaign, it was pewter. And um, yeah, so they're all beautiful. They're all great. And um, I, you know, I'm big into board games, and because I'm kind of, you know, I'm a diesel punk at heart and uh, into the Cthulhu mythos. I had to have it along with, I've got a bunch of Cthulhu themed <laughs> games. I've got Cthulhu gloom. I've got the Lovecraft letter. Oh, this is the game love letter, but played with a Lovecraft theme. And, um, 
the box looks like a book, it's which I love. Beautiful. Yeah, it's it's really cool and uh, some gorgeous artwork and. Um, are are uh, board games popular in your uh, where you're uh, where where you live? Like, do absolutely. people actually? Okay. Yeah, we we have uh, board game groups that okay. get together and um, you know have and weekly. Oh wow! And then this this last one is Tower of Madness. And did you ever play Kerplunk when you were a kid? Yeah. Well, this is reverse Kerplunk. Okay. Because you, you remember in Kerplunk, the object was not to make all of the marbles fall. But in this one, the object is. And so you have this tower that has these tentacles. And the tentacles are actually sticks. And oh, you, interesting. Yeah, as you remove them from the tower, different marbles fall, and you're trying to get certain marbles and prevent going mad. So, huh. the fun game, but it's completely unplayable according to the rules. So, <laughs> so we had to make, make up, up your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to make it playable. Um, but uh, those are just a few of the uh, Cthulhu themed board games I have. I have. Others like I've got the Cthulhu set for King of Tokyo, which is my uh, favorite uh, board game right now. Um, I've got um, the Cthulhu uh, Gloom and uh, something else. Anyway, uh, so I'm not sure who this is, uh, but uh, Stuart Gordon's uh, Dagon is my favorite Lovecraft film. The cast, the settings, the music, the weather, the village. Special effects is far from perfect, but it's a solid seven out of ten recommendation. But eight out, eight out of ten personal rating. Cthulhu is referenced and glimpsed, but not fully seen. So I've not heard of that movie. I'm going to have to put that on my list. You know, that is one of the things that is interesting about Cthulhu is there's a lot of literature. There, there are comics. There's board games, video games, a lot of pop culture media. But there haven't been a lot of really good movies. Now, there's supposed to be one coming out, um, and it's been teased for the last year or two. Um, I want to say Del Toro is doing it. Um, what is that called? Um, and I, I can't remember anything about it. And then, and then on HBO Max, though, was uh, Lovecraft Country. And... Um, that was uh, that was a remarkable show to watch. I never really understood it, but it was gorgeous. It was compelling and um, based on a book, you know, called Lovecraft Country that deals with Lovecraft's rampant racism. <laughs> he was a flaming racist. And so. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry, I was reading uh, some of the comments. I apologize. Um, no, you're good. Uh, so, uh, Eli referencing the game that you showed, Don't Lose Your Marbles. Um, and then uh, he commented about the movie. It's mostly indie movie uh, at the Mountains of Madness. Um, I noticed, uh, I know that there is a Call of Cthulhu movie that came out in uh, 2005. I have not seen it. Um, I don't think anyone has. I've never seen it. Uh, I think you can actually find it on YouTube. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, no, it, like C uh, Cthulhu is... Yeah comics, movies, um, books, obviously, but uh, anything, like anything art-wise, what have you seen anything art-wise that you really like? Yeah. Well, my own art, but yeah. Um, yeah um, I, I think I have some prints of, of some Lovecraftian stuff. Um, I'll tell you what, Eli Cash, who's commenting, 
his Wenches and Wormholes series that deals with um, the brother, Hastuar, who is the brother of Cthulhu, is really phenomenal. His artwork is gorgeous to look at. It's absolutely bonkers. And if anyone wants to see it, you can actually see it at uh, patreon.com slash impossibilists. And um, we're publishing it, uh, you know, as he finishes the various pages. And we'll eventually put it in print. Hmm. I'd love to see it. Like, I, I'll try to bring up some of his art in a moment. Uh, Carl actually said that uh, there was a movie, I saw part of it, about Lovecraft himself and po postulated that he was going mad. Seems like a theme about the writers from that time period. It seems like they had kind of like a bit of a mental illness. Uh, Mercury poisoning. Maybe. Yeah, um, there was a lot of mercury in the water, um, and and a lot of the writers were, you know, drug users, <laughs> and um, so you, you, anyway, you combine those, and 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 then just the creative mind with all of the voices talking to you in your head, it's it's a it's a uh, volatile mix, but. Um, um, something 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 you just made me think of oh there was another comic series called Harold uh h-e-r-a-l-d where uh Nikola Tesla and H.P. Lovecraft teamed up oh yeah and that was really cool I think that was from uh Aftershock Comics okay or or maybe Action Lab Comics is who it was. Action Lab Comics. And uh, that was an interesting book. Um, it's available in trade paperback um, as well. And so if you're a fan of Tesla and Lovecraft, you can see them working together in that story. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Eli just sent me a snippet of his art. So I'll save that and put it up right away. Yeah, I've got it saved on the phone, but um, it, it's kind of hard to bring it up when we're live. Yeah, Eli has a really cool uh, style that I would describe as, you know, one part Matt Gronig, one part Wally Wood, one part bonkers. <laughs> and Eli uh knows that's a huge compliment. I, I I love it actually. It uh, kind of has like a. I I don't mean to insult if if this is an insult if you take this as an insult, but it kind of reminds me of uh, Castlevania kind of thing going. The video game Castlevania, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I can totally see that. Oh, I apologize. I will. See if I can get it. And Eli just said, "I love Cat." Okay, <laughs> because that's what that's what threw him into my mind as soon as I saw the saw the image. So, either either there's a lot of activity happening in my house above my head. Or I've got ghosts dancing upstairs. <laughs> your your dogs are. <laughs> well, are, are they fighting again? Or no, no. Reagan is right over here. Um, she wants to get out. Um, she knows she's being punished. But why, why is it a punishment to be with Dad? Come here, baby girl. Aww. Come here. Come here, Reagan. Now she's just staring into a corner where there is nothing. Oh. I don't like that at all. Oh, no. Uh, I, I swear it's not me. <laughs> Maybe we're talking about the Elder Gods, Johnny, says Eli T. Cash. 
um, they might be having a battle in the heavens above my head. A lot of weird stuff tends to happen. Uh, sorry, uh, Keisha, for not uh, for you know. Uh, I know she was commenting earlier, uh, but yeah, my internet is awful tonight, so I will be in and out of the comments. Um, but yeah, um, so when you when you invoke the name of Cthulhu, it tends to mess thing mess with things. Um, that is me dressed up as the Cthulhu queen when we uh, had, um, when our sci-fi convention had the Cthulhu and Doctor Who themed, uh, convention. Um, a lot of weird stuff happened that, at that convention, uh, mainly water <laughs> related. Uh, the... <laughs> the hot tub decided to fail on the hotel and started leaking right into the lobby. <laughs> so I, I got to ask this question though. What's up? Who, who really wants to use a convention hot tub? Do you, do you really want to go to a comic con or a sci-fi con and use the hot tub? I mean, let's get real for a minute. The, 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 I, I, no, just no. I'm not even a dramaphobe, <laughs> but I'm not going anywhere near that cesspool. This particular hotel that we have our sci fi convention at, it, it has it had renovations for uh, over the years. Uh, they used to have a pool, uh, but sadly, that also leaked. They got rid of it, and that's where the terrace is <laughs> instead. So I, I want to see a show of hands from our, our Treehouse viewers. How many of you are going to a comic or sci-fi pop culture con and getting in the hot tub? <laughs> uh, no, I... I... I used to be a hot tub kind of person, but yeah, no. Um, uh, we used to have a place called Fun Mountain, and that place ruined hot tubs for me. <laughs> yeah. Fun Mountain, singular? Because uh, Fun Mountains would be a completely different <laughs> innuendo. Uh, it, th that place is now defunct. Because the woman that owned it went a little crazy during COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's a huge thing. Uh, Google Fun Mountain Lady, everyone. <laughs> I'm not getting into it. <laughs> she should have been an SNL character. <laughs> that's how bad it got. <laughs> that That's awesome. So, um, Willow, were you able to upload uh, Eli's image? Uh, I'm working on it right now okay yeah I'm, I'm, i apologize I'm, for it he's he did give it to me but it's saving as it, he didn't give it to me as a jpeg so it's not going into Streamyard. yeah so um, eli it has to be a jpeg or a png anyway so while you're doing that, I'm going to show some of the images that I uploaded. Oh, yeah. This is um, one of the newest images from the League of Impossibles comic with the uh, Supreme Cultist um, in the background there. And uh, the League of Impossibles are time-traveling paranormal heroes that protect the space-time continuation against the evil forces of Cthulhu and um, his hordes of evil and uh, this is another shot of the supreme cultist or cultist supreme oh that's neat yeah that's actually one of the pages without the letters and um yeah so lots of cthulhu happening in our creative circles dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now i gotta ask willow so 
we, we were talking at the beginning that in the last 80, 90 years since the character was created, there are people who actually believe him to be an actual deity. Are you one of those people? See, I don't want to put a, a lot of, you know, energy into making him and making the this thing into, you know, bigger than what he should be. Um, I don't know. Like, I, we joke about all these like weird happenstances that happen and we like to blame it on Cthulhu. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I can't, I can't say whether or not it, I don't know. Uh, I, there's, I feel like it's just like ghosts, uh, too much energy goes into believing that they exist. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> It's what people make of it. Like if people want to believe in a god, then I guess you know by all means, feel free. I'm not. Who am I to? Who am I to tell people that it doesn't exist? All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, Eli just said he sent you a PNG file. And Carl just posted that I should note that I was a licensed counselor, so I know Nutty. Huh. Yeah, well, you live with Donna, so... <laughs> Uh, Donna Carly Carlene is uh, Carl's wife, and uh, they are both certifiable. <laughs> and I don't think Carl or Donna would argue that point. So what else, uh, you guys uh, in the audience, go ahead and continue to comment. Um, oh, Carl said the woman who owned Fun Mountain, she was nutty before the pandemic. So that's interesting. <laughs> uh, Is well, that something I'm going to yeah. have to look up on YouTube? Uh, well, I mean, okay, if you want... <laughs> If you want to go down that rabbit hole, by all means, um, yeah. I do. Oh, I do. And Carl uh, agrees that he is not arguing, but he would still not go in the hot tub. <laughs> and Donna Carly Carlene says, you're just jelly. A, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I am. I am. Listen. Have you ever met Donna in real life, Willow? <laughs> no, but I... Uh, does the green room count? No, no. You, you you have not experienced anything until you have met, met Donna Carly Carlene in person, in the flesh, baby. She is larger than life and then some. <laughs> and I got to know, Carl, Donna, are you guys going to be at HalloCon again this year? Because I'm planning to be there, and uh, I would love to connect with you guys once again. So the funniest thing happened. So Donna and Carla, Donna, Donna and Carla, Donna and Carl, I'll bet you that happens to you all the time, Carl. Um, <laughs> Donna and Carl were in the audience. I think we may have lost Johnny. Uh oh. Oh. Was that me? Am I y back? You you kind of trailed off there for a moment. I froze. <laughs> I froze. <laughs> so Carl says that they will be at HalloCon. So here's what happened. What happened was we were doing a live 
back of the cereal box at Halocon with Joe McKeel and Brian K. Morris. Well, the whole idea was we were doing it in front of a live audience so that the live audience could comment live. And Donna and Carla are sitting, Donna and Carla, Donna and Carl are sitting right in front of me, eating the cereal that I brought, commenting on the show in the chat instead of live. <laughs> I'm just like, what is happening here? <laughs> they're just that weird. But they're delightful people. You should really meet them if you can. Weird. Ew. Weird people are, are my bread and butter. I love it. Uh, Eli, I apologize. I tried making uh, that into something. But that's just a portion of his art. Um, I love it. I love that art. I I would totally buy a poster of it. Well, you're going to be able to buy an entire book um, when we're done with this project. And uh, super excited about it. He, he's gone back and he's adding color mm -hmm. to, uh, to the black and white pages and uh, really making them pop. And he doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to have him do the colors on issue two of the League of Impossibles comic as well. He did the letters on issue one. So now he's going to be the letterer and the colorist. Uh, I'm going to, <laughs> Eli, send me a picture of the princess on here uh, that you have, uh, like a full body. I would love to see if I can, you know, cosplay it. <laughs> and Johnny froze again. Release, release your victims. <laughs> I keep getting bumped off the internet. So it's not just Keisha, it's Johnny too. Well, look, I'm not in the usual broadcast studio. In the usual broadcast studio, I am connected with an ethernet cable. Tonight, because the broadcast studio is also the real family rec room where we watch movies on the big screen, they're all using it, so I can't be in there right now. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, so, yeah, forget Elder Gods invoking the names of Donna and Carl to cause strange things to happen. You know what? It also could be just just me. Um, I my, my stupid mutant ability uh, likes to mess with electronics and apparently it's transferable uh, across <laughs> the internet. So yeah, yay me. <laughs> lucky, lucky us. Uh, Johnny has Keisha's internet connection. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So wait a minute. Wait, wait, there's a comment from uh, Kelly Gettner, Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, that says, "I'm so excited." What is she excited about? What did what 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 did I miss? Uh, apparently, there's something happening next weekend. Oh, Silcon, um, C I L dash Con Central Illinois Con. Uh, Kelly and Crayley are going to be there. I was initially supposed to be there, but I had to back out because it's Parents' Day, Parents' Weekend at Austin P, where my daughter is a brand new freshman, and so I'm not able to go. But um, they are going to be there, and you should at least uh, come out and see them. Well, I'll try to catch you guys online if you guys uh, do post up anything about it. Like, hey, I think I think half the Rising Tide crew is going to be there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but they'll be busy with their with their own stuff. I know that uh, Carl did post up saying something about uh, the greed room won't happen unless you're at silicon so 
So I don't know. It would be it would be nice to have kind of like a uh, no fan left behind kind of th kind of thing at Silicon. If you guys want to post something, I really hope when I was frozen, you continue to just fill the gap. <laughs> I, <'cause>... I tried. <laughs> Because otherwise, there's going to be dead air, and everyone's going to be listening or watching <laughs> later on, going, "What the heck is going on with this show?" Yeah, half the Rising Tide crew will be at Helicon as well. So yes, you guys seem like you're evenly split between these conventions. So I have to live vicariously through you. <laughs> you folks, well, you you went to a convention just recently. I went to a furry convention. Yeah, so I was there photographer. The I it was fun. I loved I love being around the furries. Like uh I, I am one. <laughs> so uh one of my one of my good friends made me a fursuit and hey when you when you have uh money available through Starbucks, that is what I used it for. <laughs> they give me stocks. And I had many, many years of stocks to use. And yes, I bought myself a computer and I used the, a portion of it uh, on my fursuit. <laughs> Helen Monroe. <laughs> Some, you know what? Kelly Gettner, Phoenix Sisters, you guys really need to do an episode of Cosplay Cafe about furries. Hey, I, I'd be down for that. Maybe, maybe, maybe investigating what they are, dispelling any myths. I, I did a, a Willis Pillow Talk uh, two years ago uh, about furries. Uh, but yes, it would be really nice to have like an outside, an outsider view of what furries are. I mean, I got to ask, are the rumors true? Any fandom can be kinky. <laughs> Let's put it to you that way. Like, yeah, if you go to if you go to a, a an anime convention, you will see some pretty scary stuff. It's not just furries. <laughs> and he froze again. Nice side profile, Johnny. <laughs> I heard, I heard, and every fandom can be kinky, and I was like, "Oh my!" It, it's true. Like, uh, have you have you ever gone to a, a, an anime convention? Yes. There, there is an adult side to, to but anime. no, no, an adult side. They're all they're all prepubescent <laughs> children, acting like adults and dressing like adults and being, I. Anyway, that's a whole nother topic. Not for Cryptic Crunch, not for the Treehouse. But but Kelly agrees that you guys should do a furries episode of Cosplay Cafe. So that I I would I would totally be up for that. Um, <laughs> just don't believe in like the that CSI um, episode. Don't. Don't yeah, there's a there's a wild side to every fandom. I mean, oh my just, goodness! Just look at all the fan pics. You guys, Kelly said something very provocative regarding the rumors about furries. She said, <laughs> "Though I'll say that a lot of cosplayers don't want to mess up their expensive costumes, so." You it can costs, use your imagination. There. It costs over over a thousand dollars for for my suit. So, yeah, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Um, I don't know how how much other people have spent on their suits, but how did we go from <laughs> Cthulhu to furries cosplay? How did that happen? I mean, someone needs to. Hey, we, it, I think it, we need to have like a biographer like, documenting <laughs> the dysfunction on this show. Uh, 
Yes, Eli, there was, unfortunately, a, a CSI episode. Uh, uh, I think that was like the first or second season. Yeah, and, and when we watch that, because my wife knows that, I mean, that's a big part of my business is comic conventions, anime conventions. And we watched that episode and she was just like this the whole time. <laughs> just staring a hole in me. I'm like, I, I don't know these people. These, <laughs> these are not my people. Hey, there's a side of science fiction conventions that I, I, I don't dare knock on certain doors. Let's just say. See, I've never experienced this. I, I've never seen this. I, I hear these rumors and I'm like, really? They just know that Johnny the Boy Scout is not going to accept the invitation, so they don't even <laughs> bother. That's what it is. Yep. Uh, oh, Lovecraft did invent body horror to an extent. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, there's... It would just... Furries need... If, if, Furries need to have a little bit more respect when it comes to their fandom because, you know, every fandom has their has their adult version. Oh uh, my! <laughs> I will check your ID next week and then dispel these rumors. <laughs> Uh oh, <laughs> I, I you know what? Uh, I can't wait to hear what happens at Silicon, but I mean, it's probably, it, I'm sure there's going to be moments of you know, what happens there stays there, kind of like the green room. <laughs> oh, I just froze up again. Uh, Howard Phillips, Lovecraft, and Edgar Allan Poe were decades ahead of their time. Yes, they were. Each tortured by the madness of unbridled creative genius, yet understanding their limitations, personal addictions, and private obsessions, as well as dark fears, deep passions, surreal nightmares, and lost love. Few artists, writers, and other creative professionals have been able to harness and capture their visions as well as these two dreamers did. I love when animators and narrators are able to tap into it. Uh, Facebook user, I really would like to know who you are, but uh, your information is very interesting. <laughs> you have learned too much of us. <laughs> uh, but I love you guys. <laughs> I need to know more. <laughs> furries will tell you that sometimes you do need to be afraid of furries. Yeah, I mean, we... But I mean, that's anybody. Eli Cash made the connection in his next comment. To remedy this, check out Kevin Strange Lovecraftian furry horror book called Cotton Candy. Oh, we have come back full circle. Eli Cash has brought this train back to the tracks. I mean, I... People do dress up as Cthulhu, and Cthulhu is kind of an octopus, so... <laughs> Furry? There are, there are scalies. In the, in the fur community. Wait, so there's a whole other genre, a whole other category there, there's, well, called scalies? Birds, reptiles. I, I'm, there's all, like, yeah. There's all kinds. It's not we're, just, we're, it's not just fur, like, you don't have to ha be into, like, the furry type creatures to be a furry. Where where do the bronies fall? Do they dress up? Some of I them thought do. it was just I would I would actually call that a furry. Okay. 
it's very like yeah I, I I would say that yeah the two are very and can be very intertwined uh Don Dan says that's a very romanticized version of Poe and, Lo and Lovecraft to be sure He's talking about the previous comment yeah. that I was uh, frozen and catatonic for. Um, that was from Facebook user H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and Edgar Allan Poe were decades ahead of their time. Yes, absolutely they were. Yeah. <laughs> Where did Brody's fit in? Even I won't touch that joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Like I said, every phantom has their dark side. So nine o'clock. Hey, there we go. Uh, <laughs> we made it. <laughs> that went by in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, it was fun. And sorry about all the uh, all the glitches. Um, but I you will... didn't have any glitches. Did you? You kept going. I kept going. Yeah. As far so... as I know, I... But I will put uh, Cthulhu away, and he won't scare anybody. He won't uh, disrupt any anything in the universe anymore. Um, you guys have a great night. Thank you for joining us on the show, Keisha. We miss you and love you. Hopefully, next next show will be better. 